0: I took the time this morning to look through some of the ratings or reviews that we had on Apple Podcasts, and I just wanted to kind of give a shout out to Olivia Baker 13, who wrote a review of Making Chips. So her subject line said, insightful, engaging, and actionable. So obviously, when she was talking about insightful, she wasn't referring to you, Jim. (laughs) So what what she said was, what a better way to keep up with the latest in the world of manufacturing than to hear directly from the top manufacturing leaders and innovators shaping the industry. So Jim, I told you about the R&D tax credit, the federal R&D that I took advantage of
1: several years ago. Did you do anything with that? I did. I called them and we set up our discovery call. But I have to tell you, I was shocked at the amount of granular information they required to build my case. Right. Well, I mean, I know you didn't want another thing on your plate. I literally got anxiety due to the multiple years of data and the detail of the data that they needed. But the thing was, I knew the pro shop was identifying and tracking this data. The problem was, I just did not know how to extract it. So I set up a Zoom meeting with the company. The R&D company and one of the founders of ProShop, Kelsey Hikup, it was a really productive meeting to say the least. And the R&D team just asked what class of jobs, the hours, the costing, and more. And we were able to download the information immediately and email to them in real time. It was really another great reason to have ProShop that I had no idea would help me in the future.
0: Well, it just goes to show when you choose the right ERP system, it can really help you to save more money. Bam. Welcome to Making Chips. We believe that manufacturing is challenging, but if you are connected to a community of leaders, you can elevate your skills, solve your problems, and grow your business. I'm your host, Jason Zenger, and I'm joined by two gentlemen who I didn't hire, I just sort of inherited, and they just show up all the time when we're ready to record, Jim Carr and Nick Golner. yeah. Yeah, if I would have vetted you guys a little bit closer, I probably wouldn't have you know hired you. This all you. sounds it's great. All good.
2: It's all good. It's all good. This whole community of leaders. thing. Yes, you know, manufacturing. We just show community.
0: up. We just appear
2: next. Yeah, to Yeah, you just other. appear.
0: Yeah. So, what's your biggest challenges right now? What's one of your biggest challenges? Capacity. Capacity, and also getting people to run the machines. My right?
2: deodorant didn't work very well today, and that's not de- your
0: personal <laughs> problem. Okay, I'm not just your saying personal problems, but your business
1: problems. Jim Carr, yes,
2: stocks his bathrooms at his shop with extra deodorant. Dude, this is a first-class company. It's
1: I don't know why you didn't think otherwise. My armpits yes. are a first-class experience.
0: <laughs> I was actually thinking differently. I was actually thinking you guys just have BO problems. No, I don't have BO
1: problems. You but I have it there in case somebody
2: needs it. But that's what's great about the podcasting format. You can hear us. You don't have to see us. You don't us, have to
1: smell us. Or smell us. <laughs> there you go.
0: <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about your hiring process and just some yeah. ideas. We're, we're just gonna kind of like bat it back and forth as far as the steps that we go through to hire somebody new and maybe put some ideas in the metalworking nation's head to how you can improve your process. Let's do it. Yeah. But
1: I, uh, I've got, a, lo- play a, I've game got of, a
0: lot to add there. Yeah, you Jim, you've put a lot of deliberate effort into hiring
1: and so have I. And I don't know if it works, but yeah. you know what? The thing is you have to be different. You have to
0: It's hard right now. It's hard. So you know it's really you really hard. gotta really, really gotta do it well. So You're and really I'm not gotta, saying that I've got it figure it out exactly, but I'm trying to do better, and I just want to share what we've done so far. I'm ready to bat
2: this back and forth. Let's play a game of hiring tennis.
0: There you go. (laughs) All right. So before we go there, let's just talk about some fun stuff like what's going on in our lives. So we've got these new questions that we're asking. So Nick, what's going on in the sports world right now? Oh,
2: gosh. Liverpool Mm -hmm. is pretty darn good. That's my team in England. So
1: what do you mean by pretty darn good? What does that mean? I don't know. Can I ask you a question about that, too? Yes. Why do they call it football? there it's kind of because Jimmy, you <laughs> kick the ball with your foot yeah, yeah okay you know? better, i mean
2: i know that better question dumb. why do
1: we call football football here right you know? europeans call it american football right because
2: it well it shouldn't even be football think about it
1: right we barely kick the thing you field goals never and never right, cricket you know? is passing. Yeah. It's passing yeah, it's all about I passing know. so right?
0: um so we should call it pass ball you <laughs> heard it here first on making chips we should change football, American football, to pass ball. Tackle ball. All right. We've talked about I, I this I want to know much. what...
2: Would, no. All right. So uh, for those of you that are cultured and distinguished yes. individuals like myself, and you might follow the greatest sport in the world, which is football. Okay. American football. Not the NFL. No. Oh, uh, got it. Yeah. Okay. Liverpool is yeah. awesome. And they just beat uh, Manchester United.
1: Cool. All yeah. right. Jim, what's going on in the music world? What's going on in the music world? Or what am I listening to or both?
0: Either one. I know your favorite artist is T-Swift, so
1: tell it us is what's not, going on with her. But I was thinking about this the other day because I do... Oh, that's my favorite artist. I do follow music culture. I watch the news a lot, and I'm thinking, you know, Adele had just released... I'm sure you heard. She's got this video out. No, and, I didn't hear. Well, here's the thing. She's getting all this press on all these news stations, and I'm wondering, is this sponsored news? Because... How that
2: she the releases about?
1: a new album, she releases this new video. It's been, I don't know, X amount of years. They tell the story about she's a singer-songwriter. She's telling the story about how she broke up with this guy, but yet she gets all this free press on TV
2: is it really free well no they have pr PR people pr is
0: paid for a lot of times
2: i wonder i guys i am so surprised adele has a song about a breakup
1: yeah i know (laughs) i know i know. I don't
2: like her no way well
1: she's okay
2: but (laughs) you're right you asked what's new in the swift
1: that's what they write about the girl can sing though she can there's no doubt about it but you asked what's new in the music world and that's what's new right now but that's an interesting question to propose is like is she paying for
0: it and the answer is yes
1: probably yes. I, I would say yes because yes. it's all about pr in some
0: way yeah that's being paid for
1: in some way so that's what's new in the music world i'm still digging my
2: um retro i'm 70s little disco
1: yeah a little disco a little 70s uh stuff journey uh, every I once in journey. a while jim love shows journey. up
2: to work in some plastic pants and yeah. some
1: shiny shoes yeah and just gets well it is halloween weekend upon us right
2: so, oh, yeah. you should I, be a disco star. I did that a couple it's of gonna years. It's going to be
0: just past Halloween by yeah. the time that Metalworking Nation yeah, for this, sure. but that's okay. So from my perspective, I'm reading a book called The Deeply Formed Life. Okay. It it's sounds like a deep book, Jim. You wouldn't like it. Honestly, it sounds boring AF. No, it's <laughs> not. It's not. It's, it's about having your life rooted in the things that are most important. Music. And I don't necessarily, well, okay, that's for you. I don't necessarily agree <laughs> with all of it, but I mean, like, I, I agree with a lot of it to a large degree. So it's a good book; no, it's I, an interesting you read. You
2: know, I respect you for that, right? Absolutely. Yes. So, really, okay, that sounded really genuine. I know.
0: So, moving on to manufacturing news, I don't have like a manufacturing news article per se, but I wanted to talk about something and get your guys' kind of perspective, and sure. and I hinted at that at this over the last couple episodes. Composite materials, you know, we talked about this a little bit scattered throughout those last two episodes. So first of all, do you, guys, are, do you guys know like kind of the definitional term of what a composite material is? I think I do, but I think... Go ahead. Because I think you probably do.
1: No. I want a composite is is made up of multiple types of materials. There you go. Materials. Yeah.
0: You, you've got it. Yeah, that's, It's, it's in a basic man-made terms, product. It's a material that's produced from two or more materials. Yeah, Yeah. Two or more constituent materials. And usually, those materials have like different properties to them. Right. So, we're not talking about like mixing like, you know, two different types of stainlesses. Like better. a
2: meritage, yeah. like a blend.
0: Yeah, there you go. I
2: get that. There you go, Nick. That um, like I a understand.
0: meritage. And what would be the intention of a composite material?
1: Tensile strength. Well, it would be uh, to,
0: yeah, th- those are examples of the intention. So, yeah. like, it would be to make a material that's greater than the individual elements. So, right. You know, so if you're combining two things and you've got, you know, like, flexibility or strength or weight, you know, you want to kind of combine those attributes together in order to form something better.
2: Jason, as your friend, confidant, I'm here to help you who sucks at procuring manufacturing news. So I found some. You did. Okay, go ahead. The six most exciting trends in composite materials. Okay. From October... 26, only a few days ago. Oh, wow. Nice. And you just hinted on the first one. Ultra lightweight composites. Oh, beautiful. And so a lot of these materials are being used. Ceramics. In
1: in
0: particular industries like automotive and aerospace,
2: sports equipment, green energy. Yeah, let's play a game. Good. Number two, green. Eco-friendly. So you got it. Three, four, five, six. Any other trends? Guess the trend. Mm. Uh... If you're close, I'll give it's it to gotta you.
1: It's got to be EV sustainability,
2: EV, uh, cheap, electronic vehicles. Uh, New use eco, cases. Eco friendly, yes. New eco. use cases. One yeah. of them is vehicles. Okay. that's yep. 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 We'll give it to you. Oh, give me uh, right now. What, else? what else? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. What else? Sustainability? Yeah, but we already had going green, so that's very close. Okay. I'll give them to you. The, this game is more fun when uh, you have all the answers. Yeah, what's
0: the game where they have the thing, they take surveys and they have the thing up on the board? That Steve Harvey's the the host of. Family Feud. Family Family Feud. feud, Yeah, Yeah. we're not
2: playing Family Feud right now. Okay. Green is enough, and the rest is the bonus. I'll give you the kicker at the end of the article. So, the eco-friendly benefits of modern composites are certainly welcome and impressive, but the exciting use cases don't stop there. Composite materials are currently being developed, so they're stronger, more precise, more resistant, more lightweight. They can also meet requirements per project or product specifications. For example, the surface finish can be textured, smooth, or even contoured as needed. Hmm. Most importantly, composite materials empower new initiatives and use cases like 3D printing, digital composite manufacturing, and on-site development of various materials like prefabs or even structures. The future of composites is unquestionably bright and promising, and it's coming more into focus every day.
0: Mm-hmm. The reason I started honing in on this, and I talked to Jim about this, and you know, just suggested, hey, if you ever want to go into a specialty, this is something to consider. But from my perspective, in being a cutting tool and tooling distributor, I started thinking about, okay, who's my clients out there that are going to be machining composite materials? Yeah. Because we have cutting tools that are really niche to, to go after those types of materials. And so, yeah. we're looking at what does the marketplace look like for cutting tools for machining composites.
2: I know there's so many different kinds of composites, so it's a loaded question, but
0: like, how do cutting tools change based on composites? The big one is the coating. Yeah. So, you know, you're talking about like diamond coatings and and just particular layers of coatings that go into those cutting tools.
1: Titanium, uh, aluminum coatings, Tylan coatings. Well, a lot
0: of it is diamond, Jim. Okay. But what we're seeing is that it used to be just the OEM was the one that was machining these composite materials, say like a Boeing. Mm-hmm. But now what we're starting to see is those parts are being pushed down the supply chain. So second and third tier clients are starting to machine a lot more composite materials. So I would just ask the metalworking nation out there, are you starting to see RFQs for machining composites? Is your company starting to specialize in machining composites? Yeah, let us. We'd know. like to know. Yeah, for exactly. sure. And no, think about no, all the other things that no, change. I know. No, that, I know that you're no, not. Jim. And I don't
1: know. I that's, know you're not. That's Jim. my answer.
2: But it's something to start thinking about. I guess, I guess. Is what I so everything I'll changes, right? Let you know right? if I see it. Like I'll if it. you're machining composites, just like when you switch to plastic, a lot of things change. A lot. Cutting tools change. How you hold the oh work God. changes. Mm-hmm. Completely How you different. filter the coolant and completely get all the crap out
0: that can be ugly. Completely different. Yep. Absolutely. So moving on, another thing that I wanted to start incorporating into making chips is we always ask for ratings and reviews on like Stitcher or Apple Podcasts and stuff like that. But we don't necessarily look through them. So I actually took, I do. I took the time. Oh, you do, Jim. Yeah. Okay. Apple. So I I took the time this morning to look through some of the ratings or reviews that we had on Apple Podcasts, and I just wanted to you know kind of give a shout out to Olivia Baker thirteen who wrote a review of Making Chips. So her subject line said insightful, engaging, and actionable. So obviously, you know, when she was talking about insightful, she wasn't she referring likes me. to you, Jim. So what what she said was, what a better way to keep up with the latest in the world of manufacturing than to hear directly from the top manufacturing leaders and innovators shaping the industry. These hosts knock it out of the park each episode with real engaging interviews and actionable tips to level out your business. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Wow. So that was very nice. Thanks, Olivia.
2: Thanks, Olivia. was so cool.
0: Yeah, we appreciate that. It's always nice to get a little encouragement. So, if you have some encouragement for us, you know, go on to your favorite podcast host and give us a five stars and a rating and review. If it's five stars, how do they do that?
2: Well, I, I only know with Apple Podcasts. Okay. So, I got a direct message from someone I worked with that's outside of manufacturing or was. So, we were both working for an insurance company. I got one today. And Joan Conrad, if you're listening, I loved working with you, even though I hated insurance. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. It, you were, it, it was not my world. That was not your world. But she said, you know, we talked for a while because we kind of know each other. And she said, Keep up the great work. You guys are so fun to follow. I love what you're doing for the trade. Love your flow and your cadence. It's like, oh, that's that very very good. That came in today? Yesterday. Yesterday. Nice. 1107. Nice. The cadence. Yeah, cadence is a good
1: word. Ooh.
0: I Keep use that work. word a lot, actually. And the flow. I know, yeah. You do. I like the word cadence.
1: You overuse it a little bit.
0: Well,
2: it's a favorite word. Do you know word? how
0: to Never spell mine. it? C-A-D-E-N-C. Very good. Thank ding! you. There
2: we go. Wait, no, you get that ding in a spelling bee when you screw up. And then the kids go to the crying room. So you don't have to do that.
0: Jim's the only one out of this group that cries a lot. I do. All right. So let's get to the heart of the episode. We're going to be talking about your hiring process. Yes. And I just, out, thing, Jason, yeah, I, mean, I just want to throw a
1: very relevant thing, Jason. Absolutely.
0: I just want to throw some tips and yeah. maybe what we're working on. I mean, we're trying to better our process. I wouldn't say perfect our process. We're just trying to make it better. And I've started doing a little bit of research on what would be a good hiring process. And we've incorporated a lot of the stuff in there. We're kind of riffing on experimenting with different ways to do it. We've got a a bunch of positions that we're hiring for right now. I think I can help you. Great. Let's talk about it. So I divided our process up into three different parts, and I'm going to talk through each one of those. So first part is the setup. So for me, the setup is mainly two different things. I create this document called my position definition and career page document. And basically what this is, is this is a very, very long document that I create in order to say exactly what this position is responsible for. I mean, I get really into the minutiae. Because it does a couple things. It really lets the person know what they're going to be expected to do, how they're going to be evaluated, what's important, and a lot of different things. And it also allows me to train this person effectively because I've got the document in front of me that, that says, you know, what they're going to be responsible from day one. Is this the same
2: one. as your seat definition?
0: So what I've done, good question, Nick. Because so like, I use
2: that. Yeah. Like, like so I adopted
0: it. What I did is I took the seat definition and I just converted it to a career page for that position. So now this is replaced seat definition. So now I call it like the SDCP our seat definition career page.
2: Okay. So we need more acronyms.
0: Yeah. So this is like the document. Like I said, this is where I start. This is where I outline what the job is going to be about. And this is where the person would go after they go to our career page and they fill out that they want to apply for the job. So it has a couple basics. It has like a company overview. It has an overview of the position. So a one sentence description of what the job is going to be responsible for. We call that like the critical mission. So okay. like if you're unsure at all like what you need to do in your job, like what's the most important thing, if you remember that critical mission, that one sentence, it should send you off into the into the right direction as far as what you're supposed grow to the do. business.
2: You're a sales guy.
0: Yeah. Right? That's a good one. Yeah. Grow the business of your salesperson. If you're in an administrative position, it could be clearing the path for the president of the company to do what he or she does best. So there's a variety of different ways to describe that and then we get into like the kind of the minutia of the responsibilities and the key results and we go through a lot of areas of responsibility for that person so that could be this person is going to be the responsible for resolving high level issues say if they're like the intern mm-hmm. it could be managing calendar and emails if they're in an administrative position it could be if they're a machinist jim what would be their primary
1: responsibilities. CNC setup, operate, knowledge of fundamental machining skills, GD&T, work holding, a surface feet per minute, how do you program, lots of stuff.
0: So some of those could go into like the next section, thank you for teeing that up, which is like proficiencies and qualifications. So you always have to talk about like what is required in order to do this position? What's both the hard skills and the soft skills that are required. So is this person going to need to be a team player or are they going to be mostly doing, you know, individual work? Um, Are they going to need to understand CAD CAM or are they not going to have to do that? So,
2: you know, there's a lot of new things. I I need this update. I already want to adopt your 2.0.
0: Yeah, no, it's really, it's really good. I'm really excited about it. this is also the section under proficiency and qualifications where I put our core values. Okay. So I put our core values in there just to kind of reiterate, these things are very important to us as a company, you know, do we go like, this is all in
2: your ad.
0: It's a very, very long document.
2: Yeah. How many pages do you think it ends up
0: being? So this one I have is for our integrator, which is going to be like kind of a higher level role is four pages.
1: So I want to take Jim like at least 16 days to read. First of all, I'm telling you, it's too much. <laughs> no, it is. And, and you know what, Jim, you're asking people to read four pages for a job description.
0: Yes, I do. I expect them to read through this entire thing because I want to make sure that that person that's going to be applying for this position has put the time in in order to read this and really understand what is going to be expected from them in, in the job. So one of the things that we go through is and I know it's kind of a counterintuitive right now, but how do we raise the wall up in order to make sure that we bring the right people over the fence into our company Mm -hmm. and keep the right people out, keep the right people out. Exactly. Because in your hiring process, you can waste a lot of time or have a lot of sideways energy because you're interviewing or spending time with candidates that just are not a good fit. Mm -hmm. And I want to avoid that. And then we get into some of like the you know like kind of rudimentary requirements like you know do they need to have a bachelor degree? What kind of experience do they need? What kind of physical requirements are there? And then benefits for the company and there are five major roles that they're going to be doing. So and even when I'm hiring for like kind of a higher like leadership position, I put down expectations that they need to achieve in the first ninety days and the first hundred and eighty days, hmm. and then also some like kind of key results and quantifiable performance metrics that they need to hit. I like
2: cool. that. But I need the 2.0.
0: It's a pretty extensive document, and I really want to put it out there, even from like a career page standpoint, in order to maybe scare some people off. So do have you have
2: a, a career page?
0: Yeah, we do. So actually, it's in progress being finished. So I think hopefully by the time that this episode is released, you know, zengers.com slash careers will be finished. And I know I took some cues from your careers page, Jim, because I thought you had a really good one, too.
1: He loves and respects you. Yeah, so that's a good, well, no, that's a good transition. I, 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 it's not the end all, but I think any legitimate company needs to have a careers page, especially if they're recruiting. And the careers page should reflect in a shortened capacity because you don't want to overwhelm people. What jobs are available? A little bit about the company. A little bit about the benefits. And I think there should be a video. There should be a culture video on that page. Yeah. Too. If you could
0: put together a culture video, I'm not going to have that right away. Yeah. But I hope to incorporate that. It's really important
1: because you, I think the people nowadays that are looking for jobs really need to know. They want to
0: feel what it's like. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes Absolutely. they might not consider your company if they can't feel that right away or if they need to come to the company in order to feel that. So
2: So about the culture video real quick. The last person I hired, the regional sales director for the Texas area, the final two candidates both said that we watched your like kind of corporate identity video, or your culture video, whatever you want to call it. That's good feedback. And they were like, that's a big part of why we want to work here. Really?
1: Good feedback. Yeah. So w- when
2: did you have that done? Jeez, it was a while ago. We did it right at we so like our 50th anniversary was a few years ago, 4 or 5 years ago, we did it and then we didn't want to just do like, Hey, it's our 50th anniversary. We've been in business for this long. Right. We'd like kind of tell the story of the company and like why we are where we are and where we intend to go. So cool. Very good. I sent to you when I first was like, Hey guys, yes, here's a little bit. Yes. It's that same video. When he was talking to us,
0: <laughs> you know, Nick, you should say as making chips, we actually produce those. Oh yeah, videos. yeah. So we should say that. So if there's a manufacturing company out there that wants to, you know, partner with a company that understands, how to create a culture video and how to do that in a manufacturing-centric really manner,
2: we create those But videos. I'm just, I'm a little concerned that none of the manufacturing leaders I talk to need any new employees. What? <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah, right. It's a so big problem. the exact opposite.
0: A couple things, Jim, and I think that you've got these on your career site, you know, that you should put into your career page is going to be what you do. Because you might get some people there that maybe are not exposed to your industry, your core values. You know, I see them right there on your page. Your benefits why you should work at that company. And then, of course, a listing of your open positions and a link or a call to action to apply for it. So put out there in big, bold text, apply now, and then have a link out to be able to apply. And then I guess as another part of that setup, it should go to some kind of page that helps to manage a lot of those back-end processes in order to apply for the job. So like, Jim, yours goes to Indeed. Mine goes to like this proprietary software packages that we have that manages people submitting their resumes. Right. So you it,
1: can do that in a variety Indeed of Indeed is the best website.
0: It's really hard to Indeed navigate. Indeed is good. It's so we, terrible we, though. Well,
1: we it's po- terrible to navigate through it. Yeah,
0: we post on Indeed but we don't use Indeed to like collect our resumes and stuff like that. We use like this different piece of software mm. that yeah, kind of like co-manages our career page. It's like a widget on our career page. Okay. I guess you would say.
2: Yeah, you can have it go to Indeed. You can have it go to your LinkedIn company page if, if your company has one. Right. I do. Exactly. Listen, Metalworking Nation, if this pandemic has taught me one thing, it's that we need to accelerate our digital transformation. Can't get into shops the same way anymore. Business isn't done the same way as it once was, and it's only going to continue to trend in that direction. Let me tell you about a company that is doing just that. It's Zometry. So what is Zometry? Zometry is custom manufacturing on demand. They have over 5,000 partners, and their network has the capacity you need for prototyping and production. They're AS9100 and ISO 9001 certified, registered with ITAR. You can get an instant quote today for any of the services that you might need, whether it be CNC machining, 3D printing, injection molding, sheet metal finishing services. You can even buy materials. Xometry is trusted by the Engineers and purchasing leaders at the world's most successful companies like BMW, GE, NASA, Dell, and Bosch. Listen, if you want to turbocharge the way you make custom parts, check out Zometry. It's really easy. XOMETRY dot com and you can get a quote today.
0: All right, so we talked about the setup and we talked about the sales page or the career page because sometimes you have to think about your career page as a sales page. You're selling a job. Page. Yeah, yeah, it's like a sales landing page. Yeah. And then you're going to add something there.
2: Oh, yeah. So, well, if you're on LinkedIn, you can put this little border around your profile picture and it can say like open to work if you're seeking a position or, or hiring, hiring if you're right. an employer. So if you look at Jim Kars, he's got this cute little purple ribbon around him. Yeah, yeah. And that's it says link- that he's hiring.
0: Yeah, that's the thing that
2: LinkedIn puts on there. It really yeah. accentuates... His suit and the little uh, what pocket handkerchief? Pocket square. But more importantly, it tells you, hey, this guy's hiring. This guy, we're hiring. <laughs> there Absolutely.
0: you go. I agree. The third step in the process that you need to go through is going to be screening your candidates. So assuming you get a bunch of people applying for the job, you need to go through a process in order to screen the right candidates to come in. Right. And I can only speak for what we're trying to refine in the process. And to me, this is like one of the most important things. And I'd like to hear your guys, your feedback to see uh, see what you, yeah, for the screening process. So the first thing that we do is, you know, obviously we're going to review resumes And we're going to take, let's just say, 100 people apply for a position. We're going to sift out a bunch of those because they're not going to be good candidates for the job just based on their resume. And then we're going to, let's just say you get 100 resumes, you know, maybe there's 20 of them that were like, these people look like they're a really good fit. And my wife handles both of these parts, like pretty much this whole screening process. And she's going to send an email to all of those candidates asking them very particular questions about themselves and about the position that they're applying for, and she's going to evaluate whether they should go to the next step based on the answer that she gets. Do you do that type of thing too, Jim?
1: Well, right now, I can only talk about what type of person we're looking to hire, and that is a entry level to a semi-skilled to a skilled CNC machinist. Okay. Obviously, there's a real shortage of skilled CNC machinists right now, so I'm not seeing any of that So when I go to hire, when I have that candidate, it's really important for them to meet in person. Um, So you're really
0: just accelerating the process. If
1: I see somebody that is slightly meets the criteria that we need, I bring him in right away. It's important for them to see the space and the surroundings that they could potentially be working in. The gold-plated paint. Yes, they need to see all that. They need to see what, no, they need to see what we're about. And most importantly, when they come in, we, all of us who are interviewing them here at CAR, are evaluating their alignment with our core values. Because ultimately, you can teach anybody how to do anything, but you can't teach core values. You can't teach soft skills. Mm -hmm. The soft skills, we believe, are the most important thing in the hiring process. Because if somebody is not aligned with your core values, it's never, ever, going to Oh, I agree 100%. We do never that same
0: work. evaluation, too. Never going to work.
1: So if they are aligned, we look at what their potential could be and just take them through the process and make an offer. So right you go,
0: okay, so I'm going to repeat back what your process is. So you go from reviewing the resume, in-person interview, making an offer.
1: In-person interview, alignment with the core values, making them an offer. Well,
0: the, the alignment with the core value is part of the interview. Absolutely. It, okay. is,
1: it is so really we, we So it. we
0: do it a little bit differently. So our process is going to be review the resume, respond to candidates that we think will fit. Right. With, well, with I'm doing that on Indeed.
1: I'm doing that on Indeed.
0: And then we do a virtual interview. Yeah, we don't do virtual. Okay. I actually wanted to do what's called asynchronous interviews. Uh, do you know what that is? No. So... An asynchronous interview would be where you send them to a platform where they're prompted with questions and then they do a video on their own, like phone or computer, answering those questions. And I'm not actually present during the interview. My wife kind of nixed it because she was like, well, that's a, you know, she was like, you're big on like, you know, making sure that everybody feels like humanized through the process. And she was like, that's kind of a very, you know, in her opinion, very inhumane. Yeah, like, what is this Why? guy?
2: Is this guy an app?
0: Yeah, exactly. Or is he a person? So, so we nixed that part of it because my wife owns this part of the hiring process. So I respected her opinion. And so we now go for, a, you know, to go to just a virtual interview. And then depending on the position, Nick, you'll like this next step. We review their Colby or their strengths finder. Oh, yeah. Based on like whether this is a, if it's a leadership position, that's what we
2: do. Right. I like the Colby test for yeah, sure. Exactly. Yeah, exactly.
0: And then from that point, we skip the Colby test and the Strengths Finder if if it's like an entry level position, but we'll go to a in person interview with the team. So what we'll do is after I've done the virtual interview, we'll bring the person in and we'll interview them with various people from the team because right. I want to get their buy in. Of course, so that's um, something really important. Both have in common. Yeah, we have that in common. Yep. I think Jim does it a little bit differently in that he'll do his interview and the team's interview at the same meeting, whereas I do virtual by myself first and then I vet those people and then present them to the team at That's a later time. That's the same time. for me. Yeah.
2: My process is the, very similar. So,
0: And then at that point, if it's an entry-level position and we feel that they're a good fit, we'll make an offer right then. If it's more of like a leadership position, we will we have an additional step w- where we will take, my wife and I will take them out to lunch or dinner. The and, knife and fork test. Yeah, the knife and fork test. There you go. And if it's the one thing that we're going to also incorporate, if it's like a real high level, like let's say like integrator, real high-level position, we actually would invite their spouse to come with as well. Because we want to see that interaction. I do get that. That's important. Yeah. And then at that point, we would bring us to the next step where we would make an offer.
2: So that's similar to ours.
0: I'll I'll be really quick
2: because mine's just like yours. Yep. My first outreach is typically with uh, LinkedIn recruiter. Okay. Yeah,
0: you've mentioned that a lot. And that's expensive, but it's really, really nice tool. Well, you got a lot of money, Nick.
2: No, um, we just need a lot of employees, so it's worth it. So that usually gets a nice pool of candidates. From there, I pick out my favorites. You go from, if you're using LinkedIn Recruiter, you end up with a a talent pool. Mm -hmm. And then that's like based on your searches. And then the ones that you've actually connected with, they go into your talent pipeline. So I go into the pipeline and I say, okay, I want to talk to these five. Mm -hmm. The HR person reaches out and sets up a meeting with me, just me, and those five. I interview them. Just try to like give them a feel for what the the position is. I use the seat definition thing. One not your two point oh. So I got to update that. But um, interview them. They interview me. I ask some qualifying questions, like, okay, here's basically like what you can expect to make within a range and your vacation and stuff. And yeah, I, well, I give
1: I give all the benefits first, and the last thing I because it's I like asked, what's the point in wasting well, your I time? Say, I say you have to tell me what are you making right now? Yeah. So I can, Oh, you you actually
2: ask them that what they're making. I do. Well, I don't want to waste our time? You go four meetings in and they're like, Oh, I want to make 400 grand a year. You're like, so do I. Yeah. I know I
1: ask right away. (laughs) First meeting. I've, I've changed that. Actually, I've accelerated that into the interview process because I need to know right away. You want to bring it in?
0: What? Before you bring them in in person, you ask them how much
1: they make? No, because they have to see
2: my shop first. Is that okay to ask them how much they make? Why not? Maybe it isn't, but I don't you know. don't have to directly ask them. You can kind you of directly say, ask them. I
1: directly ask them. I okay. say
2: something like, what would it take? You know, like, yeah. what, what, if you were going di- to, to tell the truth? Those are two right? very different questions. Yeah. Like, if you were going to move, what would it take? What would yeah. the position have to look like? Yeah. So let's say that everything goes great. I could be like 400 grand. And I'd be like, hey, that sounds great, man. But then you could ask Why? me what I actually make and I could be like 50 grand. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, okay, you move through that. Then everything's going great. Then I bring the, executive staff and so the other mm-hmm. vp and the two coos and then we interview them they usually ask like i don't know different questions than what i would ask and then we get to like a final two three candidates and then we send them an exercise an accent ex- like yeah, a test. like uh, like jumping jack so what would you do push-ups. in this situation like so you, you know you got a customer that's pressuring you about this and you know you got to catch a flight in two hours and you don't have time to prepare you know you're you asking that during the interview? No, it's like a, it's like a survey. Oh, okay. Like, it's like kind of essay style. So. Okay. And so it shows you like, okay, can they think on their feet? Like, do they know how to navigate through conflict? Do they know how to protect our price and our position and stuff like that? So
0: so that's another thing, you know, we talked about the asynchronous interview. Instead of doing it in a written manner, you could do that over a video. Yeah. With the asynchronous interview. But I
2: love the knife and fork test because a lot of my positions... No, I, f- I agree. I'm far away. Like, if this person checks all the boxes and then you bring them in and they're like a jerk to the waiter. Right. I don't like that. You know? Right. So I don't it's care culture. how good you were. Culture, yeah. culture. Or they're,
0: you know, like you could have some uncomfortable conversation that they bring up about their personal life or something like yeah. that. But yeah, at that point. I'm on my
2: 10th marriage or something. You're like, well, you know, this guy probably doesn't commit very well. Yeah. <laughs> well, my
1: that- wife and I go out on Wednesday nights and do shots of tequila and cocaine all night. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I'll hire you. <laughs> <laughs> that was Jim Carr, folks, not me. Well, <laughs> I'm just, just, you know. Great. I mean, no, I know. Somebody, I know. Could, I agree. somebody I could say that. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But, and that's just, you want to hear what they do in their free time so you can make a better decision. Absolutely. So, in that final step, when we make them the
0: offer, one of the things that we also ask for, and you can let me know what you think about this we ask them for a reference and we actually will check that reference. So a reference from a previous employer or a current, if they're comfortable with doing that. And we will only check that reference if we're very serious about having them come on the team. So we make the offer and we ask for the references and then we check the the reference and we have the right to kind of like rescind the offer if we don't like what comes back from the reference. So that could be if they were, maybe embellishing like way too much or dishonest, or there was just a situation that really doesn't feel comfortable. I like that one too. And there's a lot of people that say, you know, you have to check references and there's a lot of people that say, well, that's kind of a uncomfortable situation to have to go through. And,
2: you know, there's cases even within the past year and a half where I, or we as our company wish we would have checked some references. Yes.
0: There you go. And that's a good, that's a, you do a background study. Yes, we, we do a a always check. do that,
2: yeah. But you yeah. you get a little bit more from a reference than you do a background check.
0: Mm-hmm. So, Jim, I didn't write that down, but yeah, you're right. We do the background check before we make the offer, I believe. Sure. Again, my wife's the background check that.
2: will give you the felonies. The reference will give you all the little misdemeanors and petty right. crimes and stuff like that. Right. So, exactly. or just like a raving review where it's like, oh, wow, you know, we thought this was a great candidate, but now after hearing from a previous employer, like, we got to make this happen. Yep.
0: So, That's it. That's our hiring process. But I felt like it would be helpful to walk you guys through what we do and to hear your feedback. And I'd also love to hear from the Metalworking Nation if they have a great hiring process that they'd love to share with us. We'd like to get that feedback as well.
2: I mean, even in this episode, we all three have similarities in what we do. And there's differences. And already I want to adopt different things. Absolutely. So, like, what would you do differently? Well, Jim's career page is awesome. My career page kind of sucks.
0: Yeah. And Um, I'm I'm hoping that my career page, by the time this comes out, is going to be a lot better. Yeah. And then
2: your seat definition 2.0 is great. Yeah. You know, I mentioned most of the things that I liked about that that we're not currently doing. And I need to do a culture video. So that's kind of what the point of making chips is guys, right? You learn from the community. There we learn go. from the three of us, but we also want to learn from you. So please send in some feedback. If you got some tips. We'd yeah. I mean, them.
0: you got to always be stepping up your game. You got to be improving your hiring process. You got to be improving your machining game and you got to be making more chips. Cause, Cause if you're not making chips, you're not making money. Bam.
2: Thanks
1: for listening to the making chips podcast. Jim and Jason knew that the metalworking nation, the community of world-class makers, needed to commit to a new way of leading to stay ahead of the competition. So, Making Chips was created to fill that void, to give you advice from other manufacturing leaders who can push you to take action. Your manufacturing challenges have a solution, and many of them are at makingchips.com.